Today, we look at the book of Timothy as Paul faces Nero's chopping block, getting old in his years and facing death. Paul decides to write a letter to young Timothy, and we will look at the first chapter of the epistle to Timothy, verses of 12 through verses 16. Those of you that have your Bibles, you will find these words. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 through 16. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Y'all got it? Okay, that's after 2 Thessalonians. All right, y'all with me? Well, let's do it. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and an injurious, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundantly with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. That is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners of whom I am chief. How be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him for life everlasting. We were used for a theme this morning, a grateful heart, a grateful heart. You may be seated. A grateful heart. When we look at this issue of a grateful heart, the Bible says some things that sometimes we have it hard for us to reconcile. The Bible say that we ought to be happy when we are going through difficult times and trials. The man said the other day, I cannot stand my boss. He, he irritates me to no end. I don't know why I have to work with him day in and day out. When is God going to do something about him? Or when is God going to change him? You see, God doesn't answer those kind of prayers. God wants to change you. you. God may be trying to teach you how to love your enemies. He may be trying to get something through you so that you could grow up a mature. Uh, he may be trying to teach you to have some endurance. Uh, he may be teaching you not to run from everything that is hard, or that may be difficult, or may not be as convenient as you may want it to be. God may be trying to teach you how to be long-suffering. He may want you to have the mind of Christ. And when you have the mind of Christ, you look at the world in a, more, in a, in a different light. Today I will teach that we are to have a grateful heart in tough times. Uh, 
It's in the tough times of life that we find out who we are. It's in the tough times of life when we find out who we are. There's, that's a poor teacher that never gives a test. The only way for you to know what a student does is for a student knows is to give a test. I was talking to one of my friends that went to, he's a Rhodes Scholar and he went to Oxford University and he said at Oxford when you go to study, you study the whole year and they give you one test at the end of your term. You get a test in June for everything you studied in, October, in September and October. So the, everything is leading up to the test. But we come now to talk about a grateful heart. That's my first point in verse number one, a grateful heart. And then the shame comes in verse 13, and then mercy obtained comes in verses 14 through 16. When we look at this issue of a grateful heart, the things which stand out in this passage to me is first of Paul offering thanksgiving to God. During this Thanksgiving season, Paul said, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who has enabled me for that he counted me faithful, putting me into ministry. Some of you know anything about the Apostle Paul. As he faced Nero's chopping block, as he writes this letter to Timothy, as Paul is about to go off the scene and be killed, by, be killed on this chopping block, he decided to thank God for the ministry that God had given him. And those of you know anything about Paul, you know, he had been laughed at, he had been run out of town, he had been beaten, he had been persecuted. Everything humanly possible that could stop a person in ministry, he had to argue his apostleship, he had to reprimand Peter, he had to do all of these things in order. He was the only apostle that was accused of not even being an apostle. They say Paul was not the most attractive man in the world, and Paul, God, allowed him to go on and do ministry and stand up in the front of people knowing that he wasn't the best person to look at. So Paul was able, and, and now so Paul goes off the scene. As Paul goes off the scene, he's thanking God. It's all right for us to look forward. But during this Thanksgiving season, we ought to be able to look back. Now, don't look back too long. Because if you're plowing, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna mess up the straight line. But every now and then, you ought to be able to look back and to see what God has brought you from. And the reason you ought to be able to look back to see what God has brought you from. See, see when you look back, it, it, it keeps you in perspective. When you look back and see what God has brought you from, you will never look down at that homeless man down there on Skid Row. When you look back, I'm not talking about staying back. I'm just talking about looking back. Every now and then I have to take a look back. Because I didn't always live in Glen Ellen. Every now and then I have to look back at the projects that I grew up in. Every now and then I have to sit and think about all my friends who's been murdered, who's in prison. Oh, I, every now and then I have to take a look back. And I have to thank God 
I have to thank God what he delivered me from. I have to thank God for when he snatched me out of death. I have to take a look at when folks pointed guns at me when I was stabbed in college. I have to take a look back. Oh, you don't know what I'm talking about. You probably ain't never been through nothing. But I'm telling you, every now and then, I just have to take a look back and see what God has brought me from. Maybe you was born on State Street and you never had no problems, but I'm just telling you, every now, that's why I can't look down on anybody. That's why I can't dislike anybody. Because every now and then, that's what Paul is saying. Paul is saying, now, I I just want to thank God. I just want to thank Jesus Christ, our Lord, who has enabled me for that he has counted, he has counted me faithful. See, Paul wasn't always faithful. But he said, now he has counted me faithful, and I want to thank him for choosing me. Paul said, I want to thank him for choosing me. I want to thank him for empowering me. I want to thank him for counting me trustworthy. I want to thank him for giving me the opportunity to go into ministry. I want to thank God. There was never any preachers in my family. My daddy owned nightclubs. I decided to accept God calling to preach. That was the first thing they said. You can't be no preacher, ain't no preachers in your family. You ought to be back there running in nightclubs at your father. Then they said, you can't be no preacher because you the life of the party. You like to dance on every record that come up. You can't be no preacher. See, God don't look at none of that. And every time I go home, you know, all my friends want to keep reminding me of how we used to be. I don't want to hear them about how we used to be. I want to talk about what, what we are now. I, I thank God. And this is something I, I just want to thank God for. I have never, never asked anybody to let me preach. But God has allowed me to preach across this country. I went to California for a visit and went to church. And the man asked me, to, did I want to preach? He heard I was a preacher. I didn't even know that this, that the program was going to be broadcasted all over Los Angeles. I got up there and preaching. My friends in high school heard me preaching all over Los Angeles. I preached on the East Coast, South Coast. Never, never have I gone up and called in town. You want me to? No. What God ordains, God will maintain. If God called you, God will use you. If God called you, God will make a way for you. He didn't call man. See, you heard I was called. And that's why I became the pastor of a church. You didn't didn't call me. God did. But but see, too many churches think they called the pastor. No, you called me the pastor, but God called me to preach. I want you to understand that. So when we look at this lesson text today, we see that Paul was thankful. He was thankful for the opportunity. I'm going to break it down to you as to why Paul was so thankful for the opportunity. Because, see, Paul had something in his background. Just like some of us have some stuff in our background. Having chosen Paul. You you see, Paul had some messed up stuff in his background. We're going to get into the shame. You see, Paul had heaped up hard words against the church. Paul had been very angry about the Christians that he called on the way. Paul had persecuted the church. Paul had been a man 
that showed brutality and violence against the church. Paul had blasphemed. Paul had lied on the Holy Spirit. Paul has, was, thought he was serving God, but he was out there persecuting the church. But every now and then, Paul had to take a look back at what he had done, how he had hurt God's church. Paul took a look at all of that, but that's why Paul said, I thank God. See, man would have never called Paul. Man would have never put Paul in the position after Paul started persecuting the church on his way to Damascus to kill Ananias and all of the people that was in Damascus. God stopped Paul on Damascus Road and, and changed his mission in life. And when he showed up, instead of him showing up to slaughter Ananias, he showed up to let him know that I come to preach the gospel. I don't know where your Damascus road was. But when God calls you and converts you, he changes your desire. And when your desire becomes God's desire, that's when you know you have arrived as far as your salvation. But if your desire is still your own desire, then that, that's when you're messed up and tied up and tangled up. But we see here, God gave Paul this gunction. God changed Paul, and Paul became one of the most significant figures in the New Testament. He wrote 13 books in the New Testament. If he didn't write Hebrews, he told them what to say. But when Paul looked back at how it used to be, how mean and angry I was at one time, how bad I had sunk and how low I had gone and how bad I had messed up, Paul looked back and he said, I thank God. I don't know what you got to be thankful for for this Thanksgiving. I don't know how bad you've messed up and been tangled up and how many lies and how places you have cheated and what you have stolen and what you have done, all this stuff. But God said, listen. I sent my son Jesus Christ. I don't care what you have done and what you have been. I sent my son Jesus Christ and he died on Calvary's cross and I want you to know that when you get to heaven, all that stuff that you've done that has been recorded, I want you to know that the blood of Jesus Christ will be covered, that, that ledger card and the DNA, the blood that's going to be shown is going to be the blood of Jesus. So they won't even be able to read it because it's going to be dripping in the blood of Jesus. All that stuff, all them lies that you've told, your past sins, present sins, and future sins have all been forgiven. Won't be used against you. God has taken your sins away and put it on his son and taken his son's righteousness and put it on you. You ought to be shouting right now. That ought to be something for you to shout about right now. That ought to be something for you to look forward at Thanksgiving and be thankful for. As Paul goes on, he told you about how bad he used to be. But you know, there have been a lot of people every now and then when I hear that song, Amazing Grace. I have to think about John Newton because at one time he had sunk so deep when he was doing slave trades and he was doing some horrendous stuff out in the world. But every now and then, you know, you look up and see a person, one every now and then on that slave ship, something got a hold to him. And see, once God get a hold to you, 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 you can't help yourself. He decided to sit down and write Amazing Grace. And he said, Amazing Grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was blind. But now I can see. I'm talking about the power of God. I'm talking about what you got to be thankful for. I'm talking about God's mercy. See, as, as we look in verses 15 
of, of this lesson text, we look at God's mercy. And, and then Paul says in verse 15, he says, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Jesus Christ came into the world to save a sinner of whom I am the chief. Paul said, I just wasn't no Indian. I was the chief. I don't know how about you, but you may have been the chief. But I can tell you about me. I was the chief. My wife can tell you when she met me, I was the chief. I was the one throwing the big party that she met me at. It was my place where they was. I was the chief. I was the chief of all the people around. I was the chief. I was the one throwing the party, partying every night, doing everything. I was the chief. Oh, y'all don't know what I'm talking about. You may have been, and see what God likes to do. God likes to take chiefs and turn them into leaders. They kind of, God look and see some leadership quality in that boy. That boy's a chief. I can use him in the church. He put somebody in my life. He put my wife in my life, and she didn't like the party. She didn't drink. And every time we would go somewhere, she was like, you got all these wild, crazy friends. <laughs> she was, I would see her on a Sunday when she had been gone to church. She'd come back. I'd say, where you going? She'd say, oh, I've, I've been, she said, I've been to church. I said, you go to church? See what God would do. God would give you a help me. God would give somebody to help you, keep you from killing your old fool self. When I look back, see, I couldn't have married nobody that was just like me because I would have been messed up, tied up, still out there, tangled up. See, 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 God knows you. God has foreknown you and God has predestined you. God says, Shannon, I'm going to give you somebody that does the complete opposite of you. Somebody that will bring the best out of you because there's some good in you. So, man, I'm going to tell you, my wife brought the best out of me. She led me back into the church. And every now and then I look back and I think about some of them party girls that I used to hang around with. See, they like to party as much as I did. They wouldn't have been no good for me. See, God knows you. Reverend Curtis, God knows what you need. He ain't going to give you what you want. He's going to give you what you need. God gives you what you need. So then Paul said he was the chief. God said, listen, I can use that chiefdom in you. I can use those leadership qualities that you have. I can use you because you know everything about the Old Testament and how it works in the New Testament. He said, I can use you. So he says in verse 16, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me, this is Paul talking now, Paul is saying, how be it for this cause I obtain mercy that in me first Jesus Christ might show forth all long suffering for a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him and life eternal. Paul said, look at me. I'm an example. I don't care what you've done. I don't care bad, how bad you've messed up. I don't care where you lived. I don't care how many crack houses you spent the night in. I don't care how many lies you told. I don't care where you've been. Paul is saying, I was the chief among sinners. If God can save me, I am the example in the New Testament. If God can save me, 
he can save you. If he can save me. When we look at Mark chapter 2, verse 17, it says that they are whole, they that are whole, they have no need for a, for a physician, but they that are sick. I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. And he says, and the son, in, in Luke chapter 9, verse 10, he says, the son of man is coming to seek and to save that which is lost. Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that's what we need to understand. He came, his whole mission was to save you. When we look back at the things in this world to be thankful for, when we look at this Thanksgiving season, I just want you to understand there are some things that I am just thankful for. I drive all over the city and all in the suburbs, but I just want you to know, I heard the other day that, that since the first of the year, there have been 740 carjackings. Folks coming up, bumping your car, and putting a pistol on you and tell you to get out. I just want you to know, ain't nobody tried to jack my car. Ain't nobody tried to hurt me. Ain't nobody tried to jack my wife's car. Ain't nobody tried to jack my children's car. I just want you to know, what about you? What you have to be thankful for. 600 and some murders in the city already this year but I just want you to know when I sit home and see my son at home and daughter at home for Thanksgiving when you look around your family and think about all the young people and all these folks that's been killed in the city I want you to know you got something to be thankful for you ought to be shouting right now hallelujah hallelujah you ought to be shouting right now they say one out of eight women get breast cancer I just want you to know if your wife is in good health today if your family is in good health today you ought to be shouting right now because there's somebody that's hard broken, that somebody been beaten, that somebody suffered with some horrendous disease. But I just want you to know, even if you have it, God is able. Yes, yes. 1,946 opioid overdoses. Folks down on drugs. If that opioid epidemic has not reached your home, you ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be shouting right now. You ought to be thankful to God because there's been more opioid deaths overdosed than there have been automobile crashes. Our people killed in accidents. People are killing themselves on drugs. Folks are killing folks riding around taking their cars. We got all kind of stuff that's going on in our society, in our world, and you and your family are intact. And you too mean to sit up on a Thanksgiving dinner and give thanks to God. i never forget a, 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 one, one day I saw this couple in this beautiful boat in Green Lakes, Wisconsin. I say, man, I wish I had a boat like that. They was riding by me in this beautiful boat. I was sitting there meditating because we had to go through this spiritual renewal. But they couldn't even enjoy that boat. He was fussing at his wife, and he was pointing at her. He was talking to her. He couldn't even look and enjoy that boat that he was riding on because he was caught up and tangled up in too much hurt. But I just stopped by this morning to let you know, Jesus is the Christ, and God raised him from the dead. I don't know what you're going through. But every now and then, you ought to look back. 
when I was a little boy, I found a bird out in front of my house. His little wings was broken, and, and I brought him into the house, and I put him back in the pantry where, where my mother, you keep all our preserves. People don't keep preserves today like they used to do, but I cared for this bird. I took care of him. I nurtured him back together, but I noticed something. Every time I tried to go out my back door, there was this big mama bird there waiting for me, and I every now and then I look out, and she would look out and see if I was coming out, so I told my mom, I said, I better let this bird go. I've been taking care of this bird, but this mama bird is waiting for me. So every now and then, when I got this bird patched up, had these popsicle sticks on his leg and wings so he could go, but when his lean wings got strong, I decided to let this baby bird go, go with his mama. But I just want you to know that when that baby bird got with his mama and that baby bird could hop and fly, that mama may have been mad with me, but I just want you to know that baby bird, when he flew away, he just kind of looked back at my back door. He just kind of looked back like he said one I want to thank you for the yesterdays I want to thank you when I couldn't fly myself I want to thank you for taking care of me I want to thank you Lord for when I couldn't take care of myself you put somebody in my life I want to thank you for being God I want to thank you for having people to pray for me I want to thank you the Heavenly Father but when they said there was no more land left in Glen Allen for a church I want to thank you for 3.7 acres of land and 15,000 square feet of a building Hallelujah, I want to thank God. What do you have to thank God for this day? You better be prayed up. You better go into this Thanksgiving season thanking God. I told you, look back, but don't stay back. But thank God for your yesterdays. Thank God for taking care of you when you couldn't take care of yourself. Thank God for putting positive people in your life that have made you. You just didn't get where you are by happenstance. You better be thankful. 